The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 49. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate TV series, movies, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. All right, today we are discussing the seventh episode of Season 3, Dead Man Switch. Do you want to give us a rundown of this episode, Victor? Sure. In this episode, SG-1 searches an alien world for a missing aerial drone, and they find it, apparently shot down by a Gould weapon. Then they themselves are trapped in a force field. But it's not the Gould, it's a bounty hunter who works for the Gould, Eris Bach. He's a wise-cracking ne'er-do-well with a heart of gold. Uh, <laughs> he's a wise-cracking ne'er-do-well with a heart of gold. You hate him, but then you kind of love him. You know the type. Bach needs SG-1's help to capture the Gould Keltar. Bach hopes to trade Keltar to the system lord... Sokar as part of his buying his own freedom and that of his sons. But then we learn he just wants to trade him for more blue juice, which is what Bach is uh, addicted to. Bach takes SG-1 to his ship, then back into the woods, then back to his ship, then back into the woods, and they trade uh, quips with Jack all the way. Eventually, SG-1 finds Keltar and learns that Keltar is actually Korra, a member of the Tok'ra. Bach gets the jump on SG-1 for the third or fourth time, and Teal'c valiantly offers himself in trade for Korra. Bach has a change of heart and blows up his own ship, giving Teal'c and Korra their freedom. Then he says, I'll be Bach, but he has never seen or heard from again. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> it's a very quippy episode. It is, yeah. What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? You know, this is one of these episodes I've always kind of enjoyed. I don't take too seriously, but I've always kind of enjoyed. You know, it's just... It's fun. It's ridiculous. And really, there's there's part of it uh, is because the actor of Eris Bach is Sam Jones, also known as Flash Gordon from the 1980. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and at this point, Jack will put that stinger in there. Um, we talked about it before. No, it, um, and it, it's, the movie is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. So it was kind of fun to see him because he, he's one of those actors that he actually has been busy since the movie. But it's always been kind of behind the scenes, guest appearances and so on. To see him as a little bit more of a major character in the episode is kind of fun. And it's just, you know what, you take it as fun and silly and you move on from there. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Okay, I'm, I know I'm going to be the dissenting opinion here, but I hate this episode. <laughs> I I really thought that maybe after watching it, 20-something years later, I would be like, oh, no, I was wrong. No, I wasn't wrong. I, I don't know what it is. There's nothing obviously wrong with the episode. I just, I think it's his character, Eris Bach. I just, I find him annoying. I just, I just want to turn him off. I want to mute him. I just want to be done. I'm like, dude, 
it just drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I did rewatch it. I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Harris Bach is a lovable little scamp. He's like oh the scrappy gosh. do of Stargate. I didn't like scrappy do either. Uh, oh, yeah, that's not a good yeah. comparison. Fam, not scrappy. Maybe speaking of Scooby Doo, I was kind of thinking like if you were going to give this episode one of those Scooby Doo like when they had like the crossover episodes, this would be the SG One gang meets Duke Nukem because that's essentially who he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Duke Nukem himself was kind of a, a, a ripoff of Bruce Campbell's uh, Ash character from the Evil Dead movies. Right. So I think mm-hmm. you know I think Bruce Campbell would have done very well in this role as well. But I think that um, you know definitely Sam J Jones really steals the show in this. And again, he's mostly been in B movies. I, I kind of want to check out Decapitarium now. Because uh, which is one of his most recent movies, film just or released just last year, just to see how he's doing. But um, no, I, I I got this episode confused in my mind with another uh, like SG one or a Stargate team is captured by a bounty hunter and walked through the forests of Vancouver episode, which I think occurs in Atlantis a couple times, <laughs> and it and is kind of just a joyless slog. And in this case, it is it is funny. I mean, Robert C. Cooper wrote this, and like you know the full you know, quippage is on display in this episode. Um, and that makes it bearable because the, the plot is, is pretty light, but um, there's, there's some cool things in it, which we'll, which we'll get into. Yeah. I have to say I'm on your side, Lisa. I was not a fan of this <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> I think it's just when you have Jack O'Neill and uh, this character, just they're, the entire episode is kind of based on just them bouncing off each other and mm-hmm. being snarky. And I feel like that can only carry you so far. And 45 minutes of it is, is a bit much in my opinion. It carried the See, Avengers movies like pretty far. I mean, that's pretty much all the Avengers yeah. movies were. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not a big fan of those movies. Either, yeah, I saw yeah. most of those too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it worked for me, but you know, I like snark and i like the fact yeah. of you know so how do you keep from getting killed you know because he was yeah. wasn't that smart so and there's some good teal moments in this too yeah like you're a real pain in the nick to neck yeah yeah no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they do have some really good little quips and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it wasn't enough for me to save it yeah i think it was just if you just dialed it back a little bit it would have been would have been better, but also if there'd been more going on with the plot, yeah, because this really is them just walking back and forth to the ship, getting like being unusually inept for the SG one team, yeah. and not really putting up much of a fight. I feel like, but that's just so they can pad out the time to get to the the end. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the new technology we see though; those little like sentry uh, uh, blasters they have, and then the design of the ship is the attacks. The tax. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is not Tacnatal. No, and it is it is not Tacnatal. No. <laughs> and the armor. Tacnuk Taga Minitron. Uh... Mm-hmm. I was waiting, waiting for Victor to have yeah. the full name. Nice. Oh, yeah. Did you say it right? I slurred it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go back <laughs> and fix it. Tacnukatag and Minitron. Gosh, that's hard to say. Say it five yeah. fast. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and you were saying, Lisa? Oh, that the armor that uh, absorbs the zap gun. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we kind of see a play on that. <laughs> I don't know what season that is. Eight? Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but other than that, we don't, that's new for us. I did like when he shot himself with the zat and he's like, 
Ooh, tickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then as he's walking out, like Jack shoots him in the butt with his hat and he goes, ouch. You know, like it's just those two. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I like that he, he couldn't figure out Zat Gun until he goes, say Zach Nicktail and leave off the Nicktail. Oh, that makes yeah. more sense. Does yeah. save, does save some <laughs> That's time. easier. <laughs> now. Uh, oh, good. Oh, I was going to say, you know, of course, he has got to have the, the blue juice, the Roshna, which just <laughs> happens to sound like Ketracel White from yeah. DS9. Yeah. Huh. And, and I <laughs> love the way it's delivered, too. <laughs> it's like those little pouches that like, you know, like silicone grease or, you know, Loctite come in that you rip off the end and squirt it out. <laughs> it's just like an endless supply of these little pouches <laughs> with the little tear like off and yeah. traps that we buy. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like when he's putting it in his uh, canteen, she asks what it, uh, Sam asks what it is. He says, flavoring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flavor. That's what I tell my kids. <laughs> <laughs> What's in that clear bottle? <laughs> yeah. oh. it's Daddy's medicine. Yeah. <laughs> dark real fast. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, I think they missed an opportunity here because Eris Bach is a race that can't uh, have a symbiote, right? Mm -hmm. Which is really an opportunity. Yeah. But it's just one big joke and we never hear from it again. We, that's, yeah, that, not that's really. Not really. Oh, good. We, we we get shades of this in two different aspects in Atlantis. First of all, we get the the you know virus that's generated to keep uh, people from being fed upon by the wraith. Where if the wraith feed upon them, they'll they'll die. And then the wraith, in response to that, just like you know, basically starts wiping out human populations because they're mm -hmm. no longer useful to them. And then the other aspect is there's shades of um, Eris, Bach, and Ronan, uh, the runner in um mm. in in atlantis too where you know the the wraith let him live to just basically be hunted you know he has weapons and stuff and mm. so there's there's a little bit of that that too mm. he has a cool gun yeah i feel like it was a like the concept is really interesting having this bounty hunter who's both he cannot like serve the gold as a host but he also is beholden to them because he's addicted to that substance but yeah, it doesn't really go beyond that, and they don't really do much with it, and it's a cool concept, but I looked this up, and, like, they don't do anything with it other than, I guess he's in, like, one of the spinoff novels once, but you don't ever see him again. Say, we'd like to study you and find out how to make people, like, unable to be taken as <laughs> as host by the gold. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool, and then they just completely drop that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Stargate does come kidding. back to like the miracle drug aspect quite a bit. And I think it's season four. We see that uh, with the Jaffa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also at the end, he just kind of walks off into the forest and it's like, bye. Like, why don't you go with them? You don't have a ship anymore. You can at least <laughs> go from Earth to another planet. But again, then they'd have to explain that. I, I was good. Just keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you again. <laughs> We're good. Bye. Yeah, it's like, well, this is awkward. I'm just going <laughs> to yep. go over here now. Are you still there? Okay. Well, see you later. But. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's lack of chemistry. I didn't feel like there was really any chemistry, even with the the Tokra. Like mm -hmm. it just, it just all kind of. <laughs> yeah, that well, was. They, they that... didn't even have the the Tokra symbiote speak. It was always the host. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So how did they know it was actually a Tok'ra? 
and Sam knew. I mean, that's they short they shortcut that that way. And yeah, I mean, that guy kind of he didn't really have a part. He was just a MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Holden does a lot of, um, you know, voice work, but it's been in quite a few. He was in uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, though, as Brother Thaddeus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely it brings like a more like classical, like classically trained actor uh, type role to this, which you kind of needed with both Jack and um, and Sam Jones chewing up the the scenery. Although he kind of at the end when he gets stunned by Eris Bach, he kind of does the whole like arms up near like, ah, like, you know, like <laughs> 1950s B-movie hit with a death ray like type pose. Like, like, kind of you mean undercut. Daleks, uh, the victims of Daleks? <laughs> Yeah, where they do the, like the trans screen, you know, the screen flips, yeah. you know, inverse, and then they, ah, ah. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part was a little. I was like, oh, he just like you know, yeah, just undid your whole performance up to that point. But oh well. Yeah. well I mean, that's what happens when you get hit by the trans phase eradication rod. Oh wait, <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. not the same plot or same yeah. prop they used for the redo episode. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all his all his his outfit and his weird visor thing, it just looked like they went into the prop closet and just pulled out a bunch of random stuff and was like, here, put this on. And it looked like he had like a golf visor, but it didn't really fit. And Yeah, he did look kind of like he was put together like Crow T-Robot was or something. Yeah. Just like, here's a lacrosse like racket and here's a bowling pin. <laughs> just a mishmash, yeah. Yeah. And the way that uh, the way that jacket fit was not flattering on him. I, I will say that. But I mean, it was. I mean, he's only as God made him, sir. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. It's <laughs> yeah. more of a failure. Of yeah, the like props. I feel. Yeah, like robes. Robes would have looked cool. Like yeah. s- some big like robes, like a cape. Yeah, but I almost. He felt kind of like, like you were saying with Bruce Campbell. He does feel a little bit like that kind of character. Yeah. But almost like they were trying to do like a 19, well, I guess also like Flash Gordon, but like a throwback kind of sci-fi character. Like an Errol Flynn meets like, uh, like you have to wonder, you know, like if um, Harrison Ford had ever played a character like that, you know, in his career, we can only imagine what if he, if Harrison Ford had played like a wise cracking, you know, heart of gold, but, you know, kind of a bad boy (laughs) type character, you know. I could see and to find out if he yeah. ever did, you can listen to Secrets of Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this is the first episode where you do not see any Stargate at all in the entire run. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. But I think it's also the first episode where we see the Gould cargo ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which a becomes a, later. yeah. Which yeah, like looks cool. One before. Yeah. I like their uh, the speak and spell uh, self destruct system. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I did like. Yeah, we yeah. yeah we hear a lot more of that, of course, as the show progresses. Uh, and I did like uh, Daniel. I mean, I mean, uh, Jack trying to get Daniel to remember the name, the word, mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. uh, get the ship back. <laughs> he, did, he did say Beetlejuice at one point. <laughs> yeah, Bark. Yeah, there was Beetlejuice. Yep, Barka Lounger, Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> and what I like You're about a that linguist. <laughs> what I like about that is apparently they like built part of the set actually out in you know whatever 
gravel pit or whatever they were in that week because like they come the transition from inside to the interior of the ship it looks like they actually like had the set outside i don't know if that was the case but it was pretty cool looking when they walk into the ship and it's like they're outside and then they're inside mm-hmm. little things like that yeah definitely i like the design of the ship it's it's fun to see something that isn't just gray walls and like stainless steel and stuff <laughs> That's, and that's something that Stargate has done well so far is having interesting spaceship designs. Mm-hmm. And lots of gold. <laughs> yeah. At least for the gold. Gold for the gold. Yes. We yeah. also get another pronunciation of gold with uh, Cora. He goes, Gua'uld. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll, hear, we'll, we'll hear that again. I mean, so both, I think, are valid. We have Gua'uld and Gua'uld. Yeah. <laughs> gold. Gold. Like Christopher Walken. Like, watch out for that Gua'uld. <laughs> he is he is going to kill you. I'm sorry, the only only valid pronunciation is the Hammond Gould. Gould, Gould. yeah. Gould. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just so we don't feel bad about mispronouncing anything. There's always somebody who screws it up. Exactly. I feel like it just became a running joke in the show because everyone it says it differently. Probably did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do like how uh, at the beginning, uh, when he's telling them what they're worth, Dan- he tells Daniel he's just worth a day's rations. Yeah. 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 And then at the end, he's like, no, you're actually worth a lot more because you discovered how to use the Stargate. He, he's <laughs> he's actually the one that's the worst of the worst. They want more for him because than anybody yeah. else, because he's the one that caused the whole problem in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. And Daniel says, thank you. That little- doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> Michael Michael Shanks has some really great line reads in this one. Like just play like the straight the straight man, you know, to either Eris or Jack, you know. Um yeah. he does it well, so well in this episode. We were complaining over the last few episodes that he wasn't getting a lot of airtime, so he definitely got it in this one. Yeah. You know, he does he has more to do, which is nice. And they also did a I liked how they paired the characters off differently than they have been recently. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then Jack and Teal get like captured at some like the second time they get captured, and then they're and then we don't even see like is it Daniel and Carter get captured? It's just that you know Eris walks in and like throws him into the <laughs> into the cargo <laughs> yeah, hold. Exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah we got captured. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, what's going to happen? By that point, they don't even uh, they don't even bother to say how. Well, now now we know this planet is twenty light years away because they said it can fly at the ten. It, Twice the speed of light and t- still take 10 years. So we know how far this planet is from Earth, at least. Yeah. Relatively close. I did yeah. like Jack's face when Carter told him how long it would take. I was like, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oh, although it's uh, closer. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like the scene where I mentioned uh, Jack and Teal get, get captured the second time. And it is they're like, you know, on or no, is it? Jack and Sam get captured a second time and they're mm-hmm. and they're on like the the ridge and all of a sudden the cargo ship like rises up like behind the ridge like the oh, yeah. hel- helicopter mm-hmm. and Rambo or the or the Klingon yep. uh, uh, and ship in uh, Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Bird of Prey and Star Trek yeah. five. Yeah. I always like it when when they do that. Well, yeah. not just he's sitting in there and he's doing the tick, 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 yeah. tick you uh, know, the uh, finger, uh, you know, not, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I guess I mean, at this point. He's most well known for Flash Gordon. Yeah, he, I don't know if usually anything in anything at this point where like, is it star power that they were looking for for that, or is just he's a good well, character th- actor? Thunder in Paradise, Baywatch, Walker, Texas Ranger, Silk Stockings. 
Yeah, he's been a lot of the the, the BTV series, you know, the which is why he ended up in Stargate. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just heads up, he's not been in any Hallmark shows. Hmm. So, oh well, that's oh, useful. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was in Ten with Bo Derek. That was his first role. Ah. <laughs> People noticed there was somebody in those mo- that movie other than Bo yeah. Derek. I thought it was just her. Uh, uh, I was surprised to learn that uh, who was in that. Um, Dudley Moore. <laughs> I Dudley Moore was in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he's the star of it. I've never actually seen it, but Julie Andrews. Wow. I don't know what movie y'all are talking about. So the- that uh, was before Bo Derek being like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being Bo Derek, we, we, and right, we the, don't the want to. We have to say yeah. fam, fa, yeah. We have to say family friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I must confess, I don't know who Bo Derek is. So. <laughs> I love it. That that's was, showing age, but anyways. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Sam Jones, Sam Jones was in the movie Ted. You know, the talking teddy bear yeah. as himself. I didn't see that. As himself, so. Oh. <laughs> so he literally played himself yeah. in a movie that shows what level he's at. Am I the only one that's not seen Flash Gordon? Is this something I need to go see? Okay, well, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, let's stop the podcast now. We'll watch the movie and then come back <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Well, maybe let's, let's, maybe let's put I'd this... Maybe like this better if I'd seen Flash Gordon. So yeah. let's put it this way, Lisa. Okay, it's him, it's Timothy Dalton, and it's Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed? You know, Brian Blessed. Flash God. Gordon's alive! Dive, my Hawkman, Dive! <laughs> Yeah, it's it's 1980 cheese, and it's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mentioned to my husband, I was like, oh, so this is the Flash Gordon guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. He didn't yeah, say if it was good or not. He just didn't remember. It's it. very good. Yeah, it's it's Again, it's Top one of those 10. movies that for me is a guilty pleasure. It really is. It's yeah. just I watch it every once in a while just because it's cheesy, great 1980 sci-fi. Yeah, it's one of those movies where you like wonder, yeah, I mean, like they actually made this and then you're so glad that they actually made it because the world would be a much poorer place without something like Flash Gordon, the movie in it. You know? Yep. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I like good movies, but my facts font side out are like terrible B movies. They're just so yep. much fun. Yeah. Well, my favorite 1980 movie was Xanadu. Oh, this is about at least, yeah. at least the Flash. At least the Flash Gordon movie had better music because it was Queen. Oh well, okay. yeah. Right, I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Olivia and John. That's fine too. I mean, was pretty good too, and and Olivia and John. I, I, no, I, yeah. I like Olivia Newton John, but I'm more of a Queen fan. So <laughs> that is the the fun part about the 1980s Dune movies that you have Toto doing the soundtrack. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was it's fun. I like how this has turned into a uh, secrets of 1980s science fiction B movies. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a, there's a little more to talk about there than a uh, quipping uh, Tom Jones. Sorry, Sam Jones. <laughs> yeah. It's not unusual to catch a topra in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Amazing. That just made my night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and then yeah it's, it's a, i like i i did it. yeah this episode is you know 
not going to add much to the lore, although it does add the the cargo ships. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it it opens up like Robert C. Cooper. His episodes do like open up the world a little bit more. It's like, oh, there's this race of people out there who the Gould can't, you know, take as hosts. And mm-hmm. of course, they've been hunted to extinction just about because they're useless to the Gould. Um, and, and we do see that come back in, like, as I mentioned, in Atlantis later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do like or I thought it was interesting, like they carry the plot all the way up to like you have two minutes left. And then that's when he has his change of heart and detonates the ship and he and Teal get in the escape pods and leave. But I almost thought mm-hmm. that they were going to like carry it out and have Teal actually be captured by Sokar and have them have to go get him. Mm-hmm. That so. that actually would have been a more interesting mm-hmm. plot line exactly. if they yeah, did. Exactly. <laughs> if like the yeah. next episode was them getting Tilk back, but oh no, 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 can't do that. Well, and it, was this our first mention of Sokar? Mm-hmm. No, we no. Sokar's the didn't he? Uh, uh, wasn't he the one that attacked the uh, Iris? He, yes, yes. He tried to get Apophis when Apophis yes. was yeah, that's right. Okay, was freaking out or whatever. Yeah, Sokar's been kind of popping up every once in a while. We haven't seen Sokar yet, but. We keep hearing about him. Well, this the next episode is a Sokar planet, and then we meet Sokar this season. So okay. it just seems like all of a sudden we've we've got a lot of him. So I couldn't remember if this was our first one or not. Yeah, and we saw him as the uh, the Wizard of Oz kind of face when the, he heats up the iris in that one yep. episode. So that was cool. I always like uh, the innovative attacks they do on the iris. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> two or three more episodes. We we meet Sokar. Okay. So cool. We, it is the season. I have to admit, when they they introduced uh, that the the Tokro, his name was Korra. Of course, all I could think of was Legend of Korra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Earth, wind, fire. Yeah. These are the elements. Yep. Wind and fire. Yeah. Yeah, you missed one. <laughs> yeah, <Nice>. water, <laughs> rain. Yep. Uh, do y'all have any other uh, thoughts on this episode? <laughs> I'm, I just like Nothing watch it. It's, it's fun. Like you, there, you'll you'll smile at some point during it. You know. Oh, and uh, yeah, Sam Jones was in Return to Zork too, which was one of the very first. It wasn't one of the first like full motion video video games but it was like one of the first full motion video games to have like name brand, like name actors in it like the brother on the wonder years was in it and that was like a big like um but yeah so like if you if you want to like laugh again like just go to youtube and plug in like return to zork or uh <laughs> and some of the performances <laughs> in it will just like make you cry it was was that before um, Mark Hamill was in the the Wing Commander series? Uh, I think it might have been, it, or it was because it was, was right around that about time. that same time, though. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> my favorite one is uh, Tim Curry in the Command and Conquers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, he, he's good in that. Though go. I like those. For the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one place that hasn't been corrupted by <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> Space, yeah, <laughs> that was at space, yeah, yeah. Tim Curry's awesome, like, he is, he's always fun to see, yeah. So, all right, um, yeah, that was that was an episode of, <laughs> yeah, 
We might, we might actually hit a you know thirty minutes with this episode. We might just get there. Not yet. So we're trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did read one other thing on the internet. People were saying this is SG One meets Boba Fett. Which oh, mm, but Boba Fett's cool. This guy's not. Yeah, uh, yeah Boba <laughs> Fett's not funny. This is. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he meets a Scooby Doo villain. Yeah, he did have the little stick sticking up out of his back thing like Boba Fett did in the in the movie, like the little antenna thing, whatever that was. Oh, the action figure uh, yeah. launcher thing? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was what, 99? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really was just a poor man's... Uh... The, what are the aliens from Deep Space Nine? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Eris Bach, and then what's what was Boba Fett's rival bounty hunter? Bosk. Oh, snake, snake one. Bosk. Oh. Yeah, Bosk was was one of the bounty hunters, right? Who was there with in uh, Empire Strikes Back, wasn't it? Stretch, stretch. I remember Oh my gosh! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So on that note. On that note. We've got a we've got merch. You should definitely check that out. Uh, oh yeah, sqpn.com slash merch and get t-shirts, mugs, and stickers. We don't have any of a Eris Bach, but I feel like that's a character we should feature now. <laughs> we should we should sell there. Bach packs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's been one of those episodes. It has, yes. <laughs> We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including John R., Margaret G., Lenora G., Don C., and Andrew W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows in StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give, and be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Demons. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing the Secret to Stargate. Thank you, Jack. I think after this episode. <laughs> and Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Ooh, tickles. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> thank you for that, Victor. Once again, I'm Jack Berzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs>